0: Raw truth, stories of female infidelity, may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or a psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly recommended. Human lives follow many paths. Presenting twists and turns and choices never planned nor expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to make a decision that cannot be reversed. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity an anonymous and no judgment podcast created and hosted by me, Rebecca Adams. I was an unfaithful wife. You are not alone. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Today is our last episode of 2022. This episode is gonna be more unique, I think, because I don't believe I've done anything in this type of format before, But I did reach out to some of the bigger stories. And when I say bigger, it was ones that had the most uh, comments, uh, discussion, a lot of downloads on them. And I reached out to the people who had submitted them and asked them just to give us an update. So for our year-end episode for 2022, we're going to do just that. So sit back and relax. This is actually going to be a very long episode in comparison to all the ones that I typically do and I will actually be sharing little clips of each story before we do the update and I will let you know whose story it is and if it was on patreon or if it was on the regular raw truth platform so let's get started our first update today comes from Steve Steve submitted his story on patreon a couple years back And I've talked about him a little bit when I first launched the podcast he challenged me a little bit as far as the content and you know we we discussed it and I was brand new at it so I was trying to really not anger anybody um, and trying to understand I always say seek to understand so I was trying to understand his situation and within time he eventually felt comfortable with me and he submitted his story. It was well talked about on Patreon and i believe i did release it on the regular podcast raw truth in i want to say spring of 2021 so here is a clip of steve's original story she swore it was over that second we talked for a few minutes i wanted him fired and all of the beds in the house replaced She told me how humiliating it was as everyone still working there knew why. I proceeded to check into a hotel for a couple of days and ghosted her. I knew for her that was the worst thing that could happen to her. When I came home a few days later, she raced to hug me, but I told her not to touch me. It was over the next few days I got the story out of her. It was purely sexual. She had no dreams of leaving me for him. When she told me he meant nothing, I couldn't believe it. I screamed at her, you destroyed our marriage over nothing. It would have been better if you loved the guy. She only gave me the gory details as I threatened to call him. She was even more terrified that hearing them from him, knowing how much he hated me, would be the worst as he would take glee in it. Like I said, I turned into a monster. When I wasn't calling her horrible names, I wasn't talking to her. I moved out of the bedroom. She didn't know what to do. She sat snot-nosed crying while I threatened to tell everyone what she did. She set up a marriage counselor the next week, which was a disaster. They told me how this could be a positive event to bring us closer. At some point, the anniversary trip came up and I remarked I wasn't going. They both jumped on how important it was for our healing. The next day, I canceled the trip. I think this was the point where she knew we might not make it. Up to that point, she thought our family and 25-year marriage would win out. I spent the next year as a monster. When we finally started having sex, I wore a condom for six months after we were cleared for STDs, even though they weren't needed. Update. When Rebecca asked me to update the story, I said no problem and I figured it would be pretty quick I could knock something out. It hasn't turned out that way. The original story was relatively easy to write out as there really wasn't much introspection for it and the most part had been told to other friends, family, and a couple of infidelity boards. The update has required me to get away from the, just the facts, to looking at the part I played after the discovery. In the original story, I described myself as a monster for a year after, slut-shaming, belittling, and really just not nice. Surprisingly, I don't feel as bad about that year as it, at least in my mind, was justified. Not as long as I did, but certainly for a period of time. What bothers me more is the treatment the next four years that weren't nasty, but probably worse as I treated her in a manner that was just cold. I didn't spend time anymore on presents. In fact, I bought her the same sweater a year apart as I just ran into a store the day of her birthday and bought the first thing I saw. That is, if I bought anything at all, which was more toward the norm. She at this time was pulling out all the stops to try to prove to me that she was worth the pain I was in. But in reality, she didn't stand a chance. My presents were things she knew I would love and really did. But instead of gushing about how thoughtful she was, I would say thank you, and that would be it. After the separation, a few times we would see each other, sometimes for dinner, and it would often lead to sex. It was really shitty on my part as it gave her false hope. After a while, I cut that off. Partially to move on, but again, awful on my part. But she gained weight, and I didn't find her physically that attractive anymore. Especially since now I was dating women 10 to sometimes 20 years younger. I did have the decency to not tell her that, but she did look up some of the women I was seeing and I was sure the comparison to the way she looked now had to hurt. Especially as she was these women or even more beautiful prior to her affair. I was lucky in that even losing half in my divorce, I still had money and I turned into a fanatic going to the gym. At least five times a week with really hard Navy SEAL type workouts, my waist went from 36 to 31. The women I dated were for the most part transactional. They were all mostly divorced and just wanted to be spoiled a little. I bought them great dinners, shows, trips to Paris for one, and I got sex. We both got what we wanted until they often caught feelings and if that happened, I was out. My kids hated these women, but at least they knew they were safer for me as I would never be serious with them, so they didn't fear their dream of the parent trap reconciliation was endangered. My ex didn't fare well. She was isolated from most of her old friends. Some wanted no part of her, but she cut most of them off herself. She stopped her charity work, didn't go to yoga or go to the gym anymore. The guys interested in her were the flip of me. 15 to 20 years older, and any younger ones were just interested in her money. It's very sad. For her, dating in her 60s was just rough. I'm not sure she has even had sex since the last time we were together many years ago. I am off the fun girl train as I met a new woman who is actually a year older than me. I knew her years ago, and she was beautiful then and even more beautiful now. I caught 30-year-old guys checking her out. We get along great, and the sex is mind-blowing. The biggest issue is that my girls hate her, as she, unlike the young woman, does shatter their parent-trap dream. One of my daughters is getting married, and my girlfriend is a big bone of contention. At first, they asked her not to come, then to sit somewhere other than the family table, all of which are a non-starter for me. I've had a couple of one-on-one dinners with Karen to sort through this. She's been better than my daughters, but she still pleads for another chance. As I wrote this, my heart breaks. She fucked up royally. But as I wrote in the original story, it wasn't out of malice, but out of fear of losing being relevant. It's sad, but too many women in their 50s just kind of disappear. It never would have happened to her or us, but in my mind, she created it. Along comes the scumbag predator and with those two forces, she didn't stand a chance. So she made a stupid, terrible mistake and basically ruined her life in a three week period of time. She's a really good person, but now has nothing. I feel awful that I didn't have the grace or strength to forgive her and continue the marriage. But on the other hand, she created what befell her. I'm trying to help her, but I'm not sure what I can do especially as I now have someone else in the picture. Did she deserve to have consequences for what she did? Yes. But should her life be in shambles as it is now? Probably not. I wish I had a pretty ending, but it's a saga that's still continuing. Bottom line is before you cheat, you need to think through the consequences. So that is where things are now with Steve and his now ex-wife, Karen. I've spoken with Steve a couple of times and he encouraged his wife to listen to the podcast and consider submitting her story because I really wanted to help her and let her explain more in her free mind as to what was going on in her mind in her marriage that led her to be vulnerable around... This person, and for those who haven't heard the whole episode, they were remodeling their house, and it was the contractor, I believe, electrician guy, who had uh, preyed on her, and it it got pretty. It got pretty bad for everybody in that situation. But I wanted her to know that there is an outlet for her. She can listen to the show. Know she's not alone for decisions she's made. And be able to talk about it for real as to what happened. Because she may not have been 100% transparent with Steve. She m- may not may not wanted to have said something that she felt was lacking. Because she didn't want to hurt him more than he was already hurting. So... I uh, hope maybe one day she'll come around and she can find out really she needs to work on forgiving herself. Yes, it was a mistake. And yes, she's paid the consequences. But she can't go on punishing herself for the rest of her life because he's moved on. Their children are adults. And it's okay for her to move forward and find happiness in her life. now we're going to move on to Josephine. Her story was actually a two-parter and it streamed back in September and October of 2021. Here is a clip from Her Story. We were talking less frequently as we were enjoying summer with our families. Fall was quiet too, and I could see that this game wasn't satisfying him anymore. In December of 2020, I had to go to my hometown for an appointment. We planned to see each other, but I was sleeping at my parents' place, so we decided to meet somewhere and do this in the car. Two or three days before my trip, Jim seemed a lot less excited about the plan. He told me that he decided to work on his relationship and that it wouldn't help if something happened between us. So we agreed to meet anyway, on a friendly basis. We did. We talked for two hours in the car, but nothing happened. As I did a few months before, he got cold feet. That was okay. However, I was sad. I was feeling rejected, and that was weird. But anyway, I couldn't force anything, so we just continued our life, chatting from time to time, platonic conversations only. And then, Jim started to make some naughty comments. I tried not to go there, as I didn't want to experience the same feeling of rejection again. But I planned a trip to my hometown because I needed some space for my boyfriend and the kids. I needed some me time. Wanted to see my parents. I couldn't sleep at their place because COVID-19 special measures were still in place. And I just wasn't allowed to sleep there or even see them. Of course, I saw them anyways, but I booked a hotel room. I told Jim that I would be in town. Also told him that he could come see me if he wanted always on a friendly basis. It didn't take long before he started to talk about sex. The timing was good and he was working during the evening and his wife was working too. So one night, he came to my room, knocked on the door. I opened it and he dropped his things on the floor and grabbed my face with both of his hands and kissed me right away. He told me that if we didn't do it at this moment, one of us would get cold feet again. So we had sex. Three times. We talked, we laughed, we fucked. And that was it. I was a cheater. Update. Hi, Rebecca. I've been better. There are updates, and yes, you can share. In January, my now ex-boyfriend found out about my infidelity. Long story short, we split up after nine years of a relationship because of me. Well, from my point of view, it's not only because of me, but for everyone else, it is. That's one thing I realized. It doesn't matter what the other person did or didn't do in the relationship, the only one who's guilty is the one who cheated. In my case, it's the mean one. So I'm the the mean one. The untrustworthy, the bad mom. Well, You know, everything. People are quick to judge, even though they're not in your shoes. I admit I made a mistake. I did something wrong. But I hope God knows I'm not the only one guilty for the end of this relationship. I try to be confident about the future and believe that everything happens for a reason. But it hasn't been easy. I am grateful for my true friends, the ones who know what I had to deal with and who understands where I came from when I cheated. I'm not trying to defend myself or minimize what I did. I still hate myself for it. So, I'm still trying to get on my feet and hope for better. I'm struggling financially and I now live in a very small apartment, but I intend to be happy and to forgive myself eventually. Josephine So a lot of change since her story originally streamed and now she is on her own. And Josephine, I know exactly how you feel and a lot of people listening know exactly how you feel because the judgment comes quick. And I believe when people see other people hurt, they automatically assume, yes, it's 100% the other person's fault. And I agree with you. And I have said, we're always free to make our own choices, but we're not free from our consequences. And it is us that choose ultimately to step out of the relationship. No one forced our hand, but we decided to do that because we feel, for whatever reason, the needs that were in the relationship before that used to be met have changed. And we need to know that connection, that emotional connection, that we need that and when our partner is struggling to give that to us, sometimes people just give up and they cross a line that they know they can never come back from. And I know every situation is different and I know you've been going through a lot and I want to thank you for your original story and I want to thank you for sending your update. I'll be thinking of you and, and you know what, when this happened with me, when I went through all of this, I had a core group of friends who stayed by my side. And they forgave me for the things that I had done. Not that I was asking for it from them per se, but they looked at me as a human and said, you know what, you made a mistake. You crossed a line and we're here for you as you have to go through this battle now with everything else, because those were the consequences. And I appreciated that. So I'm glad you have those friends there. You're going to come out of this on top you're going to find a wonderful man that's going to meet those needs and you'll be able to put all of this behind you and I understand the hardest part is forgiving yourself and until you can forgive yourself I believe it's very difficult to move forward so please continue in that positive direction you will overcome this and you will land on your feet our next update comes from Nadine and Nadine had quite a story and a lot of people did comment and had concerns with her and her marriage. Um, it was a two-part episode as well and it streamed in February in March of 2021. So let's hear a little clip from her original story. Two days after Dee told me he loved me for the first time, my husband figured out what I was hinting at. Everything that they say about the discovery of an affair and the explosion of pain, fear, humiliation, desperation, it's all true. Worse than anyone could imagine. Dee told me he truly loved me and hoped we could be together. By this time, he and his wife were beginning the divorce process. My husband called him, through phone records, and told him to stay away. He did. We started Couples Therapy. I promised him I was his. I made everything available to him. I was an open book, full transparency, and to my husband's detriment, I answered every last question he had. I was determined to make this right. Besides not wanting to hurt my husband any further, I felt that I had to right this devastating wrong while my husband was ready to scream about my infidelity from the rooftops. I can't blame him, but I can blame him. Infidelity is one of those dividing lines in the sand. For most people, women in particular, it's unconscionable. It's selfish, whore, homewrecker, liar, and cheat. All the degenerate descriptors. I could barely bear what I had done to him, but I absolutely couldn't bear it if he ruined me for my kids. I am, after all, an extremely good mother. It's one thing if parents decide to divorce, but there's something about being the cheater that makes it seemingly okay for a spouse to disparage the other parent. It isn't okay. That sort of Damocles is still over my head. I know I hung it there, and I take full responsibility for my decision. But I have to think I am more than the bad choices I made during that three-month period. Update. After over three years agonizing over my decision to stay married and my husband agonizing over the affair, I found out that my previous affair partner got remarried. At first, it made me super angry. But then I realized how much energy and time we wasted on him instead of us. This isn't to say we haven't been trying. I have made all amends possible. We went to couples therapy for over a year. I listened quietly and apologetically to him venting about me. I took note of the ways that my personality and my own behaviors contributed to issues in our marriage. I listened to all the experts, read all the books by leading psychologists, and developed new healthy habits. I saw my own therapist for a long time, too. Unfortunately, nothing really changed in my marriage. Things probably have even gotten worse. I no longer speak my mind very often. We do not have sex, and there is little affection between us. We can't seem to talk about anything but wordle without arguing, and I still feel like I do all the heavy lifting with the kids, the house, schedules, etc. In November, I got on Ashley Madison. In early December, I met a man who was single without kids. Turned out to be one of the most amazing relationships of my lifetime. We were together for eight months. We still are, save that he took a job out of state, but nearby. I find myself again stuck and conflicted over what's best for my family versus what's best for me. I have forced my husband back into couples therapy. We start tomorrow. And I'm starting my own therapy with a different therapist who I handpicked after interviewing many, so I can untangle the jumbled thoughts in my mind. Also, in the last several months, my kids have noticed and voiced to me their agitation over my husband's unavailability and pseudo involvement in their lives. I realize that I'm foisting upon them the same yoke my mom put on me. That is to say, stay for the greater good, sacrifice, and relent for the family unit. I don't know if I'm hurting them or doing them a favor anymore. That being said, we are all healthy and my kids are thriving all in all. I'm an open box if you have any questions. Feel free to ask. All the best, Nadine. I'm glad to hear that you worked so hard. You put everything you could into it and breaking away from the affair partner when she found out he got married. Sounds like it gave you what you needed to try and make this marriage work and you invested a lot of time and a lot of energy and still you feel like you're more his mother than his wife. Curious as to the Ashley Madison, how did you feel about going on there and finding somebody? Did it scare you or was it exciting or did you feel like you had no choice and you needed to do something because you couldn't handle what was happening at home because you worked so hard to try and get things going and people can't say you didn't try because you did. And with your children now getting older and noticing it may be better for you to really take what they say to heart and maybe getting them out of there and getting on your own may be a better option now for you because it sounds like no matter how hard you try, this marriage is not satisfying you and you are sad and hurt and disappointed and resentful. And like I said in the first episode, or your story in general, we only live once. Your children will heal, especially as they get older and they learn about their own relationships and they understand what their parents went through. Then they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I do that with my parents. I was hurt when they got divorced. There was no infidelity that I'm aware of. But... As painful as it was then it was actually a relief later because there was no more tension no more yelling no more screaming and when I got to see my dad it was just time with my dad because that was the time allotted and it made it more special for me so I'm just throwing that out there I just want to see you happy you know and just just move forward and be happy so goodness Touch base, let me know where you're at from time to time. I know we just received this update in the last month or so, um, and I really appreciate you sending it in, but keep me posted. Thanks again. Our next update comes from Gabriella and her original episode streamed in February of 2021. So here's a little clip from her story. We confided in each other, and I explained my sexual frustration because I was not sexually attracted to my husband, and he was boring in bed, and wasn't really open to trying new things in the bedroom to spice it up. Me and Elgin DM'd every day for about two weeks. Then one day, nothing. I noticed he even unfriended me on Facebook. Once again, I was heartbroken. I don't know why because we were both married and he owed me nothing. So two weeks later, I get a text from a number I don't know and says, Hey, you mad at me? It was Elgin. He had kept my number all these years. I had had the same cell number since college. I had deleted his numbers years ago because it was too tempting. He said he cut off communication because he was getting too tempted and feelings for me were starting to rage and come back very strong. We texted back and forth weekly for the next three months, and then we put a plan together to finally meet up. We already had it planned. It was going to be no talking, and as soon as we would see each other, we would be taking off each other's clothes. And that is almost exactly what happened. When I walked into the hotel room and saw him, which I had not seen him in person in over 14 years, the butterflies were still there and I just ran and hugged him. I squeezed him so tight and it felt so good to be in his arms again. After I broke the embrace to kiss him, it was over then. We were on each other so hard and fast. The sex and connection was still there. I was not ready for it either. After we finished, I couldn't talk. I was on an emotional roller coaster. We laid there, and he held me in his arms for nearly three hours. It's Gabriella. You read my story in February of 2021. I was the first story you read after coming back from your hiatus. I just wanted to give you an update and also apologize to you. I was a second tier Patreon subscriber and just absolutely loved your podcast. I loved hearing the advice you gave to other people in my situation. Just a quick recap, I had been married 15 years and due to just not being sexually attracted to my husband, I ended up stepping out with an old guy from college I used to mess around with. He was also married with children and was a preacher. We were both happily married and the perfect marriage life, but was just not sexually fulfilled by our spouses. Me and Elgin would meet up and we would have awesome sex and that continued for two years. Well, I knew the day would come where the voices in his head and his heart would no longer allow him to continue to cheat and be the complete opposite of what people thought he was. We had just made plans to meet up in the next few weeks and out of the blue, he texted me and said, I am so sorry. This is so hard for me to do, but I have to stop communicating with you because it is becoming very dangerous and I need to be the man my family and community expect and think I am. I will be deleting your number after this. I just replied back with a heart emoji. I couldn't say anything, but I totally understood where he was coming from. I went into the bathroom and cried my eyes out. Not that I was mad at him, but I was just mad and disappointed at myself for letting things go so far. I was mad at myself for losing myself in this whole situation. I was mad at myself for not thinking about my family while I was doing this. I was mad at myself for allowing my sexual wants to make me become a person I was not. I was mad at myself for making him become a person he did not want to be also. While in the bathroom, I went to Facebook to delete him as a friend because I could no longer see him on my timeline anymore. When I went to look him up to delete him, he had already completely deleted his entire Facebook page. He was no longer on any social media. I really felt bad because that was all because of me. I deleted and threw away everything that was revolving around him lingerie, sexy pictures I had of myself that I used to send to him, sex toys we used, my Spotify playlist I had been playing when we were together, and even down to the hotel app I used to reserve our rooms. And yes, also I stopped my Patreon subscription to your podcast, and from that day, never listened to an episode of your podcast since. I just couldn't do it. It was too fresh and my heart was still bruised. I am slowly getting over it. I wish I could still have one more day with him, but I know that that does not need to happen. I often wonder if he thinks about me as much as I think about him, but I know he did the right thing, and he did it the right way, just ripped off the band-aid and stopped cold turkey. It has been painful, but I know it was the right thing to do. I just hope I never run into him at any of our college homecomings because that would be very awkward. It has taken me four months to be able to type this out to you, and day by day, it is getting easier. But I did want to apologize to you because during those two years, your podcast was nothing but great to me, and I apologize that you no longer had my support, but I think I am ready to get back into listening to them. I have a lot to catch up on. If I feel in a good space after listening to the ones I've missed, I will definitely sign back up for Patreon. Sorry, it's so long, but as you know, I can't talk to anyone about this, and I felt I owed you an explanation and follow up. Take care. Love, Gabriella. Gabriella, thank you. And first of all, never feel the need to apologize to me. I am here for support when people need it. Sometimes, and it happens often, people will leave because they feel like they have been able to heal through the things that they've done they want to or have experienced if it's a the husband who was betrayed um and they feel like they need to kind of clean the slate and be able to move forward and not have those reminders because they have processed it to the point where they don't feel like they need to hear my voice or my suggestions or the other stories to move forward so please don't ever ever apologize and and i mean that to everybody You know, sometimes things just change. We need to listen to something different, whatever reason. So first of all, thank you, but no need to apologize or feel bad whatsoever. Secondly, you did not cause Elgin, I know I always say that wrong, Elgin, Elgin, you did not cause him to make these decisions and cheat on his wife. He caused himself that. You own what you did. You own what you did and stepped out and that's wonderful he must own up for what he did and he consciously made the choices himself so please take on your own but not his it's a two-way street okay and you're right the way he cut it off had to have hurt but being in multiple affairs in my past and trying to break them off Then you get vulnerable then the message goes out then you start that whole cycle again then you want to stop it because you know it's wrong but you do it lasts a few days so the fact that he could do that probably honestly has saved you heartache more heartache in the long run just because then it wasn't consistently going around in that cycle and you know absolutely it sounds like you're really trying to get back on your feet hopefully things in your marriage are hanging in there and things are better with your husband. I mean, I know you wanted to step out for that connection, the same reason most women do. There's an emotional connection, um, the sex, all of that, and the emotions is where it starts. And you were definitely emotionally involved with him. And I'm just wondering how things are going with your husband. Did he ever really notice Has he said anything since it's been over? Can he tell that you're different? Um, So anyways, those are just some questions I have for you. So thank you again for submitting this update. I really, really appreciate it. So our next update is from Tracy and her story actually streamed just in August. She was very forward about her infidelity and she made no qualms about it. She wasn't sorry for what she was doing, and I know I had some feedback from people that were shocked about that, but this is a safe place for her to be able to say how she feels and why, and I'm glad she did. You know, it's her life, it's her choice, and I appreciate her feeling comfortable sharing it with all of us so that we could learn her story. And there has been an update, so we're going to go ahead first and listen to a clip from her story. My husband has low to no sex drive, so from three years together to 13 years together, sex was few and far between. We'd have sex like two to four times a year, usually after I begged and pleaded. He'd act like it was a chore. It was not enjoyable for either of us. Eventually, I kicked him out of the master bedroom. I was tired of being rejected nightly and being slut-shamed when I used my toys to get myself off. We have not had sex since 2019. And it's not just the lack of sex that's a problem. My husband ignores me. My husband doesn't touch me. My husband won't even sit with me to watch a movie. He is equally cold to our child. I show extra affection to our child to make up for the lack of affection he gets from my husband. My husband forgets birthdays, anniversaries, special occasions, chores I've asked him to do, etc. He is essentially a roommate who gives me full control of his paycheck and watches our child when I'm not at home. In 2020, I planned to sign up for Ashley Madison and looked into cheating, and then COVID happened. I was tired of burning out motors on sex toys, and frankly, my vibrator doesn't kiss me back. I missed foreplay, kissing, making out, grinding with clothes on to build up the sexual tension. I missed sex. I missed being wanted and desired. We tried therapy but my husband wouldn't do the homework. He couldn't be bothered to spend 10 minutes per day with me or filling out paperwork about my likes and dislikes. Update. A short update only a week after my story originally aired. Thank you, by the way. You did a fantastic job portraying my story. Our 13-year anniversary was last week. Husband forgot. Kiddo started kindergarten last week. On Kiddo's first day of school, Kiddo showed up with scratches on Kiddo's face after Kiddo and my husband were fighting. Though the scratches were not intended, the fact that my husband gets so physical with a five-year-old is baffling. Again, why he was supposed to do anger management. He doesn't walk away. He doesn't know when to pick his battles. The school called CPS since they are mandatory reporters. CPS paid a visit to our house. I am so angry that my husband put us in this position. We passed the CPS visit, but arguing intentions escalated. My husband is now looking for a new place to live. In his anger, he told me he'd terminate his parental rights so that he wouldn't have to pay me a dime of child support. Again, still a shitty father. He has changed his tune a bit since then and is attempting to be amicable. He's also groveling and begging for more chances to fix the years of being neglectful, both as a husband and a father. Too little, too late, buddy. It's all talk. Zero action as usual. Despite an emotionally draining week, I feel relieved that things are moving forward with the divorce. Wow, Tracy. And I believe in your story, you said he would never divorce you. He would never allow it to happen. But it sounds like... He's being forced to realize that he has a lot to deal with. In anger issues, in children, you can't put your kids at risk like that. That is just not okay. And I'm glad that things are going to start moving forward in that direction for your safety and for your son's safety. So I so appreciate you letting us know where things are now. Uh, Keep us posted if anything else changes. But other than that, I wish you the best. And thanks again so much for submitting your original story and for letting us know where things are today. Our next update is from Mare, and she submitted her original story earlier this year. It was April of 2022. That's when he told me that he was just talking to her as a friend. He didn't want anything more than that she implied she wanted more but he said that she's definitely not his type i laughed and asked well what is his type he said that i was his type along with his wife a little taken aback by that i just came out and asked what he was looking for i know he didn't just decide to add me on linkedin out of the blue I know it happens, but the fact that he knew my friend made it suspicious. I was right, though. He said my friend would mention my name occasionally, and he decided to look me up. We continued to text and talk from the time we left our houses and throughout the day. He confessed to having cheated before and being caught. He told me why and such. I told him I had never done anything like this before. I wasn't even looking for anything more than a friendship. I have plenty of friends, some who are males and give me great advice on my relationship, but never once had I ever fallen for them in any way, shape, or form. But in just a few short weeks, I found myself falling for this man. A married man on top of that. And me being married as well. A year prior, you could not tell me that this would have ever happened. I just wouldn't have believed it but it did not to mention the fact that a close friend of mine was starting to have feelings for this man even though they stopped speaking prior to all of this he kind of left her hanging but eventually he sent her a text and lied to her saying that his wife found out about his spare phone and saw the messages so he was no longer going to speak to my friend again she was upset not so much at him but the fact that his wife was going through his stuff Kind of funny, you know? Now here I was in this crazy scenario, not knowing what to do about these feelings I was having. Update. Good morning, Rebecca. I hope you're doing well settling into your new home. As for me, I don't know. There's not too much of an update. I haven't seen my affair partner since last December, I think. Honestly, it's been so long I can't even remember. He was actually supposed to be out here this past weekend, but his boss has been trying to push him in a different position, so his trip got canceled. Things with my husband are no better, no worse. I feel like we're not even roommates. We're just kind of worse off than roommates. Like the roommates who are just kind of stuck with each other and don't like each other. That's my impression and feeling I get. I don't know how he feels because he never wants to talk about anything, and when we do, he says we just need to work on communication, but his communication is horrible, so how can that be worked on if you're not putting any effort into it? He refuses to do therapy, but I don't know. Maybe I should just do it myself, I guess. I do contemplate divorce a lot. I know I need to do what's best for me, especially mentally emotionally, but I also worry about my children, as most married couples with children do. I think it'll affect my oldest the most. I have talked to him about it in the past and he says he gets it, but I mean he's nine years old so how much could he possibly understand? Probably more than I realize, but who knows. I know he would be upset about it and heartbroken. I try to explain to him that our emotional well-being is important and that we should never be with someone who makes us sad or heartbroken. We should also want to make ourselves happy and not depend on others. And that's why you really need to focus on doing that and hopefully get that point across to him. As for my future with my affair partner, I really don't see anything beyond what we're currently doing. If I divorce, I'm working on myself and doing what makes me happy. If I meet somebody along the way, great. If not, great. Affair partner has no intentions of divorcing his wife unless she initiates it. They are kind of in the state with their marriage like I am with mine. He has so much personal baggage that I don't even know if I would want to deal with it outside of this. Not just with his wife, but with his children. There is just so much that I don't have time for nor the energy to be dealing with anything extra right now. Him and his wife barely have sex themselves and they talk that it's mostly about children. I have no clue what he plans on doing if anything at this point. Seems like things have gotten worse for him as well. We try not to talk about things that bring us down. We want to talk about happy things because we're an escape for each other and I don't mind that at all. That's about it. Let me know if you have any questions. Thank you for all of your support. Mira, thank you so much for sending that update. I'm so sorry to hear that your marriage is just rough. That sounds very very lonely at home. And it sounds like with your affair partner, it's not something that's actively, actively going on. So you've probably had a lot of time to think. And it is hard when it comes to the kids. And I always say this, you know, the kids are, they know what's going on and they feel the tension. And, you know, I even said it earlier in this episode, sometimes They're more relieved when the parents get divorced than hurt. I think they'll be hurt no matter what, but ultimately, when they start feeling the atmosphere change, just overall, people seem happier, they'll notice that. So, hang in there with whatever you decide to do. I know you're contemplating divorce, and I'm so happy that you said if you get divorced, you're going to work on yourself. It's for you, it's not so you could leave him for somebody else, which is exactly what you need to do to be able to find out. What it is about you that you need to do to make yourself happy, you know, get yourself in a healthier place, even if you're recovering from the affair partner, recovering from the divorce, working with your children, all of those things and find out who Mare is and what Mare needs so she can move forward to the next step of her life. Thanks again for your update. Our next update is Mike, and his story was uh, about him and his wife, Lisa, and I believe it was a two-parter. It was, uh, I think I streamed it at the very end of last year, though on my um, notes I wrote it was this year, but no, I believe it was last year on <laughs> 21. It was a Patreon exclusive, and it was quite a bit. In fact, I think the Marine even helped me do some voiceovers on that. Um, and That was fun. He thought that was cool. So here is a clip of Mike's story. She toyed with my feelings. She consciously deceived me, and they likely discussed the deceit of not only myself, but also of his wife, Karen it is hard to understand the sense of unreality that creates. Only those who experience it will understand what I mean. After the discovery of the affair, things got very weird for me. I naively assumed that she would immediately realize she was caught. She would drop him like a hot stone and apologize profusely. Not so. She was besotted, no regrets, no guilt just shock that her arrangement had been thrown into a state of chaos her carefully imagined plan as I envisaged was that they would meet in the hotel fuck pledge undying love she would later that evening kiss him lovingly and send him on his way to tell his wife their marriage was over She would then spend the night in the hotel room and prepare her script for telling me it was all over between us, in that she would, I imagine, have wished me well on my long walk and the rest of my life. So neat, everything would be fine in the world as imagined by Lisa. At this point, I was too shocked to make any decision regarding our relationship. Weirdly. Life as we know it had to go on. Despite my complete shock, I had to go to work the next day. Unable to focus on anything beyond turning up at the office, I had to tell my boss the barest of details about my situation. She was very understanding. Two work colleagues knew something was wrong and they were a huge support. One in particular knew I was suffering and talking with her was a lifesaver. On my worst days. Update. It's been a year since the story I shared appeared on the podcast. At that stage, I was four years on from D Day. Now it's five years. The book says it takes two years to recover from an affair. By recovery, I believe they mean get back to some normality. After discovering an affair, the whole thing becomes part of your story and in truth you can't say I'm fully recovered. What you can say is that something I never thought would happen, happened. It changed me by forcing me to reflect on a lot of things. By that I mean led down a path of asking questions like why was I so hurt? Why did I find it so hard to speak what was on my mind throughout our marriage? Why was I prepared to put up with things that on reflection were unacceptable? Why was I so conflict avoidant? Why was I so screwed up about communications regarding sex? So many questions. It has been and continues to be an interesting personal journey trying to consider these questions. So, by way of an update, my questions continue, journaling continues, and we are still together. We went through three couples therapists on our post affair journey. They all said, Look, what you had before is gone now. You need to forge a new relationship. The third therapist, and by far the best, told us there are three possible outcomes. Outcome number one on discovery of an affair, the marriage ends. This can be because the cheated on partner says this is a deal breaker or it can be because the partner who had the affair used that to get out of the marriage, an exit affair so to speak. Outcome number two, the partner who cheated realizes the enormity of their actions, wakes up to what they stand to lose, feels embarrassed that they lost themselves and feels full remorse. Apologizes and begs for forgiveness. Answer every single question fully and honestly commits 100% to do whatever it takes to save the marriage, in those cases, the relationship can end up stronger than it ever was. Outcome number three. This falls into the middle. The marriage does not end, but the partner who cheated does not have the clarity about what they stood to lose. They are, in a way, conflicted. The couple stays together, but it's a shaky relationship where they might laugh, but not all of their laughter, and cry, but not all of their tears. To quote... Khalil Gibran I probably butchered that the marriage can continue for many years and some finally end in divorce others just continue in varying degrees of zombie state not ideal my strong desire was obviously for option number two but I ended up with option number three I craved option number two and hoped and hoped we would get to that point but we never did we are together we continue with our lives We have a dead bedroom despite some attempts over the last year to spice that up. I find it very difficult to get over the fact that she spent so many years saying that she was not interested in sex, only to discover that for a year she was having super sexy times, having online sex, and planning for all sorts of sexual adventures for their hotel meeting that never happened, as far as I know, because fate intervened and I discovered their affair. I continue to wonder why she presented her sexual self to him but withholds it for me. I asked her and she had no answer. At the start of 2022, I decided this is the year where I put this sorry mess behind me. I decided to write down every single question I had about the affair from start to finish. The plan was to book a weekend away in a nice hotel and ask her all of the questions. I wanted to get everything out there as to be completely free of it. I wanted to purge it completely from my heart and mind. I wanted to finally be free of it. I was amazed at how many questions I came up with. I told her of my plan. She didn't like it. She said she would find it difficult and suggested one question at a time spread over weeks. I asked a few and realized she was giving me the same old answers. Short answers devoid of any information or detail answers like I don't know I can't explain that I don't know what you want me to say I realized then that I was simply trying to create the scenario described at option number two I wanted to feel that she volunteered everything that we that I would have that option number two experience and we would end up stronger than ever I realized that my plan of asking all the questions was not going to give me what I needed so I dropped it Listening to vague and likely dishonest answers was not what I wanted. If I'm to put this behind me, then I'm on my own. She can't or won't help. I don't feel the closeness or the connection that I want to feel. We hug and seem close, but I feel there's an invisible barrier between us. I wonder if we would be better off splitting up, but that's such a huge thing. Divorce is far less common in my country than it is in many other countries. In truth, I can't bear the thought of us splitting up, that would just be too painful. Part of me is still hopeful, but as time passes, I'm beginning to think that this is as good as it gets. Maybe this is fine. Maybe I'm looking for something that simply doesn't exist after 29 years together. Maybe we are where we are, not so much because of the affair, but because we didn't nourish our relationship as well as we should have with honest communication throughout from day one. If I could go back in time, knowing then what I know now, I would be a different husband, a better husband. I can't blame Lisa for everything, I played my part. Despite everything, I love her and can't see any future without her. So overall summary, we are together, no plans to separate. I feel I'm not where I want to be, relationship-wise, and I'm beginning to realize I can either walk away or accept what's available. Maybe I need to calm the fuck down and realize that what we do have is, in its own way, special, and in its own way, beautiful. Maybe it's just perfect as is. That's it in a nutshell. The journey continues. Thanks for providing the opportunity to share my story last year. I really did find it useful. I'm happy to share the update with you and your listeners, as I love updates on podcasts people's stories are always so very interesting. Mike Thank you, Mike, for that update. To me, it sounds like you're working hard on just accepting life where it's at. I appreciate the certain key points that you agree that maybe both of you should have worked on different things. It's not just one person's fault. It's just not the other person's fault. But you've lived a long time with her and she's what you know. And so in a sense, I can understand that there would be comfort there because it's familiar, but you also deserve respect, love and happiness. And that isn't appearing to be present. As you know, I'm an infidelity recovery coach and part of my training talks about these, um, the seven steps or the seven types of, of, um, if I can even talk, your seven types of affairs. Yes, the exit affair, uh, avoidance conflict affair. You know all those things. But yes, what we encourage people to do, to have that option to, is to be able to be one hundred percent transparent, one hundred percent wanting to work. If one of the spouses is not one hundred percent on board, but they're trying to fake it, it's gonna show. And I don't know what it is with her that maybe she wasn't one hundred percent on board with wanting to move forward. There could be some shame involved, and if she doesn't talk about it, maybe it didn't happen. Um, maybe she doesn't want to hurt your feelings about something, you know. And I remember your story, and that fair partner ended up being quite the wackadoodle, and his wife. I mean, hello. And it was, you know, quite a. <laughs> it was quite a quite a disaster for you guys. I'm glad you're still together, but I would love to see you guys be able to come out in your option two. I hope she comes around for you and you guys can work through this together so that you could have another 29 years of happiness together. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate for all you've participated with with the podcast and I appreciate your support. Our next update is Bobby's, and his story originally streamed in October of 2020, so it's been a couple of years, and his story was different in that he knows about the affair, he knows everything about it, who it's with, it's his cousin, and he's never confronted her about it, and so we wonder, well, does she really know, and she's playing it off, or what, but hers, his cousin is married as well. And so he's been basically watching her, reading her messages, seeing everything that she's been doing. And uh, he won't say anything to her about it because he's afraid of the destruction of the marriage and the children who are adults. And I've told him multiple times, hey, your kids are in their 20s. You know, this is your <laughs> your life. You need to find happiness. So. Here is a clip from Bobby's story. But then, I received a text message that was clearly not intended for me. There was no reason for her to send me a text that says, Meet me in the back between the two gyms tomorrow after spin. In those days, cell phones did not have locks. So, I immediately started looking into her phone and realized they were having an affair. Her time spent at the gym had increased dramatically, and she started having dinner dates on weekends with friends, which up to this time was just something she had never done. She would also take walks and would hide her phone in one of the many shoeboxes she had in her closet. Unbeknownst to her, I was monitoring her phone, which provided me all of the evidence needed to confirm the affair. Interestingly, she was the aggressor. She would basically beg him to see her. She would tell him how amazing it was making love to a younger guy. He was 12 years younger than her. So it lasted a little over a year until he basically got tired of her and he moved on. I never directly addressed it with her, but I figured I married her so young and she never really had the opportunity to sow her wild oats second affair that I know of. This started, I believe, around five years ago. Social media platforms are in full swing at this time. A little background on this one, the guy is my cousin. He and my wife dated briefly before we got married. He was my best man and he is also married. My wife approached me and said that my cousin had sent her a friend request, which wasn't completely out of the norm, since she was friends with multiple members of my family. As time went on, she would tell me that he would compliment her, and how did I feel about this? Ultimately, I had come to the conclusion that she was testing the waters to see how much interest I would have in this, or would I pay attention to it at all. At this point, I was oblivious to the concept of how affairs start via social media. Update Hi! They are still having their affair, albeit primarily on a remote level. He does not come out as often. I have a strong suspicion his wife may have caught on. I do not necessarily think she is aware that it is my wife he is having an affair with, but I think she knows something is up. I also know the physical portion between them has been limited because my wife has shown more interest in being physical with me. It is clearly evident that her current interest in me is due to the lack of contact with him. She clearly is not making passionate love with me the way she does with him. She has also been extremely agitated and more temperamental since they have slowed down. This process has really opened me up to finding out things about myself that I either suppressed or never realized. Thank you for everything. So that is interesting. It's kind of a cryptic update, uh, which leads us to wonder what exactly is going on with him. But this whole situation may be cracking soon, if indeed the wife finds out and does some digging. Regardless, it's a mess for their family, because yeah, that's, that's going to be a tough situation. So, Bobby, hang in there. Just consider you need to make yourself happy. Confront her, you know. She needs to know you know. Um, I know you're not being made a fool of, so to speak, because you know everything that's going on, but I, I don't know what what it is that she wants, and that's something you need to find out. I mean, if she's still active and married with you, but sleeping with your cousin, what is it? That she's lacking in your marriage that she feels the need to step out and those are answers that you deserve to understand and know but thank you again for submitting that moving on we have two more updates to do this one is from paul and it is a patreon exclusive as well and let's go ahead and listen to a clip of his story and his update explains a lot more that has happened since his original story. A lot has gone down. A husband who can be unresponsive. A father who can get angry. A mother who's working almost full-time, no time for sex. A husband who worries that he's not satisfying his wife, even though she says he is. Both a bit depressed. Then comes along a bad boy work colleague a few years younger than me, and probably a few sizes bigger. Not in A1 physical shape, but not at all unattractive. He claims to have a girlfriend, so my wife sees him as safe. Nothing is safe about this guy. In the past, he always managed to slip away before I came to meet her at work or at a work drinks party, so I've still never met him, but I knew all about him. She wouldn't stop talking about him. Him this. Him that. He thinks this. He thinks that. I never told her to stop talking about him because I was happy that she had someone who was a friend and obviously interested her. Basically... I thought she would never cheat on me, and so I was happy for her to be taking an interest in politics that she'd never thought about before. Not that she's vacuous, we're both doctoral graduates. She was just showing a keen interest in a political movement that's not out of alignment with where we are, just a bit more extreme. And joining a trade union with him, she was gaining new interests in all aspects of her life. In fact, the sex we were having was better than ever. And then come February 2020. It just stopped. All of it. The good sex, the constant talking about him, her being interested in new things. It all just stopped. And I noticed that her phone was really getting a workout, to the point where she would disappeared to the toilet for what seemed like hours and hours, or she'd be standing in the kitchen texting and texting whilst one or all the other kids would be screaming for her attention. Update. I'm Paul. My story aired on your Patreon platform on October 8th of 2021. Thank you for reading my story so wonderfully. I'd encourage any of your listeners who've been wondering whether to submit their story to go for it. It's such a wonderful experience to hear it read back by such a professional voice recording artist like you. Not only does it give new insight into the story, but it helps to put it a perspective. And thanks to all your Patreon subscribers who have commented on that platform too. I can't reply there because that would break anonymity, but I appreciate all they've said. William, who commented on Patreon, reminded me that I shouldn't feel that I caused my wife's infidelity, and Joe makes the point that my wife has invited a psycho into our marriage. I agree with both, especially with all that's happened since I sent you my story. Some of the stories on your podcast relate that an affair partner can, in a sense, control the one who's being unfaithful. So, we hadn't heard anything from my wife's affair partner since he lost his job in early of 2021. Then, my wife gets an email from him with the subject, quote, You'd be wise to read this, end quote, blaming her for the affair. As many narcissists do, he painted himself as the victim and said some really nasty things about me. He refers to me as your poor, pathetic husband and lets me know all the things that drew them together, many of which are negative things about me, how controlling, unloving, sexually deficient, and pathetic I am. When I read all that, I kind of thought at the time I can handle this. I'm strong enough to know that everything happens in a context. I can also work on myself to get better at all the negative things I'm painted as. And I know that's part of the work of trying to fix the marriage. More than anything else, though, it makes me think back to something I said in my story. Quote, I got the feeling from her that she'd had a little too much fun, if you know what I mean. She was certainly far more experienced sexually than I was. Years later, she would tell me that she had done all kinds of party drugs, one-night stands, threesomes, and so on. but when we met, she was 25, and she felt she was ready to settle down. This made me think that my wife had chosen to settle down with me, someone who she wasn't sexually compatible with, but who ticked all the other boxes. She told me she believed in soulmates, which I never have. I've been deeply in love before I met her. And, as I said, I came to love her deeply, but perhaps we weren't a good match after all. I always got the impression from her that she was sexually satisfied. I constantly asked verbally about our sex, and she said that she enjoyed it. I also regularly tried new things, partly to spice things up, but also to break up the predictability for my sake too. I even tried asking about toys, suggesting a few that might have spiced things up a bit, but she said she wasn't into that stuff. Anyway, on with this email. He completely gaslights her, saying that she told their workplace about their affair when it was definitely him. But then he starts talking about our 12-year-old daughter. He's really weird about her, saying that our daughter has written him a letter which my wife had stolen from his desk. He really wants the letter back, as though it's some kind of talisman. And then I realized, I think he might be into magic and mind control and all of that stuff. I think he needed that note from our daughter to do something to her, like put a curse on her or something weird like that. He finishes the email with a list of demands and a threat. Number 1. Tell our employer that you and I did indeed have a romantic relationship. Number two, tell them that obviously they had a conflict of interest and that they were wrong not to recognize it. Number three, tell them whatever the actual truth is about these emails sent to your husband. Number four, apologize to me. You know you should. I know you should. God knows you should. If it didn't have to turn out this way, I gave you every other option I could think of and you chose this. But. The universe, as you know, finds a way to bring itself back into balance. I have some work nearby to you, so I guess I'll see you around. It would probably be in your interest to respond to this, though. From your former Viking, who would have done anything for you, who adored you, but who you somehow miraculously turned into an enemy. That's the end of the email. When she received it, she had a panic attack. She didn't finish reading it, but emailed it straight to me. I rang our lawyer and the police and immediately applied for a personal protection order through the courts, which makes it an offense to him to come within 300 feet of any of us for the next two years. Three things strike me about this email. First, what a complete narcissist he is. He twists the truth so hard. I know for a fact that he told their work about the relationship he had with my wife. He told them after she ended the affair and asked him to stop contacting her. He did this in an attempt to hurt her. And as for someone else sending me the emails, it's just impossible. He's edited all the images of him out of them, and he plays the victim. As if he isn't the aggressor in this situation. He's constantly contacting us, even though we constantly ask him not to. He's pursuing us, not the other way around. Second, the threats. You'd be wise to read this. Or what? What will you do if she doesn't? And So I guess I'll see you around. It would probably be in your best interest to respond to this, though. Or what? What will you do if she doesn't and you do see her around and quote, from your Viking who would have done anything for you, who adored you, but who you somehow miraculously turned into an enemy. He's unhinged. Third, we contacted the union. He's not even on their books, not even a member, although they seem to know all about him. They can't tell us, although we suspect this isn't the first time he's done this to a colleague and it's been reported to the union somehow. We decided not to reply. Then, a few days later, he sent this to me. Subject, apologies and truth. Dear Paul, according to my former employer, someone sent you messages which were between me and your wife. In typical fashion, they didn't bother to show me any of these messages, so I can only guess as to whether they exist or not. If they do, and if they somehow came from someone I shared those messages with, I'm terribly sorry. As an innocent in this situation, you would not deserve that. It is possible, of course, that they came from someone that shared the messages with, I emailed all my versions to her last year. But again, I can't be sure since I'm relying on the WorkSpaces account, and they have shown themselves to be completely untrustworthy. All I can say is, I have never been in contact with you before now, and I would never have had the chutzpah to contact you about your wife and me. I didn't want to talk to anyone about it, and I would never want to spread the hurt she did to me to anyone else. I cannot impress on you enough the desperation and sense of things being out of control that I had when they made these allegations. But I was used to that from them. In any case, I'm sorry that you seem to have learned about our relationship. I spent 18 months trying to protect you from this, first under the misapprehension that she would tell you herself, then simply because it was not my place to say anything. Since you now know, you probably deserve to know the truth. Unfortunately, when I informed your wife that I wouldn't be a part of a secret relationship, her response, once she would got past abusing me, was to use her position and friends at our workplace to lie about me. I was fantasizing a relationship to control me, and it seems to drive me out of my job. This sadly only escalated the situation, despite my desperate attempts to resolve it. I have included below an email I sent to your wife earlier this week so that you can have some sense of why things turned out the way they did. I understand that you are a religious man. I come from a Catholic family. You will likely know then this passage from one of the Psalms. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor." I hold truth to be of extreme importance, which is why I could not allow your wife to continue to lie about me, us, at work. Frankly, her actions there were not just morally bankrupt, but bullying. I deserved a safe workplace. Sadly, her friends and my supervisors instantly took her side and participated in the lying, bullying, and breaches of my rights right until I was forced to resign during COVID. I may still take out legal action, adverse action, against them, and this means that the status of my relationship with your wife will become a matter for the Fair Work Commission. I'm terribly sorry about this. If you would like, I can send you the summary of events at our workplace with all the supporting documentation showing your wife and her friend's actions, the assessment of the union, my counselor and others, which accord with my story and may end up going to the commission if you would like any of the original emails or messages between me and your wife I can retrieve them from the people I've left them with for safekeeping at the suggestion of my counselor to detoxify my life of her and send them to you she of course has copies herself which as I mentioned I sent to her last year to be honest I'd recommend against this though since they would be very hurtful perhaps you've already seen some of them if the workplace's story is true again I'm sorry that you have been hurt in this process. I would never have chosen for that to happen. I hope you will forgive me for any hurt you feel I've done you. I forgive you for any part you played in having the workplace at the instigation of your wife drive me from my job for the simple reason that I wouldn't be in a secret relationship with her. I honestly wish you all the best and hope you can heal from her betrayal. I have been doing my best to heal from her betrayal as well, but I think it will take a very long time. May God bless you. P.S. There's a rumor at her work that she's also been sleeping with one of her supervisors. As one of my colleagues said to me, colleague X saw her hand feeding him. I think they're sleeping together. In fact, a number of colleagues have mentioned their weird close relationship. This was something that came up many times when I raised the question of a conflict of interest that they had in handling your wife and me. I am happy to share the names of these colleagues in a few months once they've left Trinity. At the moment, they're terrified of retribution from management. This too, unfortunately, will probably have to go to Fair Work Commission if I pursue legal action and have to establish the conflict of interest. Sorry for that too. Email ends so, when I received this, I held off telling her until I knew she'd be able to recover reasonably quickly. I mean, quoting scripture to me and asking God to bless me, I mean, you can just F right off Sonny. Anyway, in the midst of all this, my wife has been seeing a psychologist and I have been seeing a psychologist. And we've been seeing a psychologist together to work on our marriage. Man, this has been expensive. The marriage counseling was a joke. It was all online, but still really expensive. After three sessions, the guy said we didn't have any communication problems so we should be just fine. He dumped us. A psychologist actually dumped us. My wife has been making progress with her psychologist, working on her negative attitude toward herself and helping her resolve the pain of teenage sexual abuse. Her abuse was with her cousin and she decided to tell her family, finally. And their response was pretty terrible, so she was re-traumatized for a time. She seems to be doing better now. I started seeing my psychologist before the full extent of the affair was revealed. Over a number of sessions, she was able to reassure me that although the affair wasn't really about me, it was partly about the place that our marriage had gotten to, and that if I decided to stay in the marriage, that I'd need to work to fix those issues with my wife's support if she also decided to stay. We are 16 months out from full discovery. I trust my wife again now after spending ages thinking that I couldn't, but I still get snippy when she's on her phone having a texting conversation with God knows who for ages and not sharing it with me. I think she loves me. She tells me she does, and it seems genuine. We've done all this work on intimacy and emotional support, which has helped us both. We've also made a lot of changes to our furniture and our house. It's true that my tastes overshadowed hers in our living arrangements. All the stuff he said about me, no matter how strong I thought I was, made me completely lose sexual confidence as well as body confidence and I stopped being flirty or sexually intimate with my wife for a while. She asked me what was going on and I told her I'd lost all my confidence. She apologized for her part in that. I think I'm getting it back now, we're having fun sex again, almost as if nothing happened. But for a while, I found it hard to keep an erection, images of her with him would flash through my mind at the worst moments. She said she's sorry a million times and I don't need to hear that anymore, but I still haven't forgiven her. I mean, I get how and why it happened, but true forgiveness it takes longer than I thought. I never believed betrayed spouses who said that you think about betrayal every day. Well, hell, that's true. Every day. But then you get better at pushing it away and not letting the negativity take over. I suppose I'll be able to forgive her when I stop thinking about her affair every time I get pissed with her. I find myself thinking still in those moments, perhaps I should still leave. I'm happy to be married to her. She's beautiful and intelligent, and she's a wonderful mother and wife mostly. Anyway, that's where we're up to. 16 months on. I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving and Christmas this year, Rebecca. You certainly deserve to. Paul. I mentioned a -a wackadoodle in the last story. I should have saved it for this one. What the heck? To me, it sounds like this man is rationalized that he was absolutely innocent in everything. But it's for his own conscience to try and make himself look better and feel better. And so then he talks too much about it, which makes him look more guilty. That's my opinion. I am sorry you guys are having to deal with this, but I'm glad you guys are standing strong together. I really do feel you have a success story. And not very many success stories happen after marriages, just like the one I'd read before. He was wanting for option number two, and it sounds like you guys have come through to option number two and being transparent and honest and working so hard with therapists that you guys have been able to get to this point and I'm very very happy for you that you're able to get there and yes it's still going to take some time before you completely completely heal it is still fresh I mean it hasn't even been a year and a half yet so anyway thank you so much for your update hopefully that guy well just stay away i mean hopefully with the he'll he will obey the restraining order and quit sending i hope that includes email or any kind of contact whatsoever so anyways you guys take care keep me posted thank you so much again for submitting your update and i wish you a happy thanksgiving and a merry christmas too okay our last update is from Lucy. Now Lucy is a very fresh story that just came out October 21st was the stream date and we talked back and forth and so her update is over the course of a couple of emails Um, but man oh man I uh, received an update the day after her story aired but first here's a little clip of Lucy's story The neighbor, we'll call him Ron, was far from vanilla. Remember, I had not slept with him. We had not even hung out yet. It was three weeks into us talking that we met up for coffee. He doesn't drink coffee. So, I'm standing in line ordering mine and he calls. He is outside and told me to come get in his car. I got in his car as instructed and we drove to a park. We walked around and talked. Afterwards, on the drive home, now back in my car, he insisted I pull over. He got out of his car and tried to kiss me. I pulled back. I was still not wanting an affair. I was not sure what I wanted. Most likely, I just liked the way it felt to be wanted. This did not stop his calls. Several more weeks went by and we met up again this time by the water. After walking and talking for an hour, I could not take the suspense anymore. I leaned in and kissed him. It was like fireworks. In the town we work in, his office is close to my work. One day, he asked me to come hang out with him and get my work done there. I have some freedom in where I do my work most days of the week so i said why not i had until four o'clock when the kids got out of school i brought my work to his office and settled down he had just come from court and was looking amazing in a three-piece suit he always looked amazing he had brought comfort clothes to change into he started changing in the office right in front of me I could not resist. His body was so amazing. I walked up to him and we started making out. There was so much passion and before I knew it, we were both naked. We made love for the first time. On his couch, the floor, the desk. It was so hot. Update October 22nd, 22. Rebecca, life is crazy. I am still entangled in my affair with no current plans to leave my husband. He is such a good dad and he is trying hard as a husband. My feelings for him have not changed. Ron however, this is a crazy story. I feel like a drama magnet. In July, shortly after I emailed you my story, Ron called me one day and said a mutual acquaintance of ours had seen us together and blackmailed him for $30,000. It all seemed strange. He started asking if we could make a purchase together, testing me for trust. With this, he asked for access to my credit card for a $2,000 purchase. I did not think much of it, and I said yes. Well, a month later, I went to pay my card, and he had charged $10,000 on it. This was in July. I found out the purchases in August. It is now October, and when I ask him for money, he says, well, I had to pay 30000 to so-and-so. I have been so terribly stressed about this that I'm physically ill. I have fallen into a deep depression because I am in this so deep. I've never had a balance on my card, and now I cannot pay it off. I tried explaining to him that I make less than $100,000 a year, and he makes over $100 million, that I would gladly pay 3% of my salary towards the blackmail, but not $10,000 towards car toys for him. Now I have no trust in him, but I am stuck in more debt than I have ever been in. I confronted the man he accused of blackmail and he said he knew nothing about it. I am so sad I ever strayed. Now I am stressed, broke, and worn out trying to balance a family, two jobs, and trying to please two men. There is much more to this story, but hopefully I highlighted the most important areas in a way that is understandable. November seventh, two 2022 My husband has no idea about my finances. It is one topic that has always upset me. We do everything separately. Until, a fight a few months ago, I didn't even know what he made. He knows what I make as he does our taxes, but as far as my credit card goes he has no idea. This past month he has started asking if we could do a finance budget and start to combine expenses and bank accounts. I feel like this is 10 years too late and very poorly timed. I really do not know if Ron had planned to use me the whole time or what. He literally bought a $200,000 car this summer, then asked if he could use my credit card to split the cost of a $4,000 engine part. I thought it was a trust thing, but man, I was wrong. It was $10,000 in car parts to soup up his Porsche. At this point in time, he has only paid me $1,000 back. For the past two weeks, the day before he is supposed to pay me back, he just seems to not be available. I really do not know what his angle was. In my gut, I feel it was a power play and a way to make sure I would not leave him. I actually got a warning for one transaction and thought it was really weird, but it was not until I saw my credit card statement the following month that I realized the extent of the charges. I called my card company claiming fraud and canceled the card. Later that day when I was telling him about it he freaked out and made me call the company back to say the charges were okay because I guess they would be able to tell it was him that the products were sent to. I still wonder what the hell he is doing. Every time I think about it I get so pissed off again. I try to keep asking for the money without asking for the money constantly. I am still not sure what the hell he was thinking and is thinking. I do not know if he has pulled any shit like this before. I can't go ask his wife and I have several of his family member contacts but that is dirt you do not give to the mistress. The other guy that was supposedly blackmailing Ron and I for $30,000 I confronted. He either had no idea of what I was talking about or he played dumb. But I asked Ron the same day I confronted the blackmailer if he had received a text or a call from this guy and he had not. I kind of think if you're going to get called out on something like this you would reach out to that person. I know this last part is confusing and I'm trying to say it clearly. The blackmail guy came to my house. I asked if he had received money from a blackmail and I lied saying that I was going to the police and seeking legal counsel for the matter and he said nothing and never said anything to Ron. It is so messed up. I am living in some TV Hallmark drama and the only possible ending I see is not a good one. At this point I feel I have made my bed. I can pick up extra hours teaching, and I plan on transferring my card to a no-interest card to pay it off over the next year, and that way, I can forget about Ron and move on. Feel free to share the rest of my story. Should anything change, I will keep you posted. Jeez Louise. Man. I responded back to her in the email, and I was questioning whether or not she felt Ron had... um, done this before you know they were newer to the neighborhood when she first met him they had moved in after they had been there already and you know what was his history like before does he have something else going on at the same time you know what is he doing to me he sounds like a true scam artist I don't know him I don't know her I don't know their situation but it sounds really really fishy to me especially the whole blackmail thing so you know truly where's that thirty thousand dollars you know maybe it was blackmailing if it was blackmailing maybe with him and somebody else and he just told Lucy anyways um, now this is up here as I think about this they're still neighbors in the neighborhood And they have stuff on each other right now. And I imagine, Lucy, yes, you are sick to your stomach, probably scared to death as well. Because if any of this were to get out, you know, the repercussions for you, of course, is going to be difficult. And uh, I'm glad you're away from him. And I hope that you have the strength to keep away from him because he sounds extremely dangerous. And yes, you made the decision to cheat. Yes, you decided to have an affair with him. But that doesn't mean your life should be on the line or, you know, or the threats of blackmail. I mean, that's just illegal, for one. But he's got you where he knows it hurts and that is tough keep me posted just know I'm thinking about you I really really appreciate your update and I just hope you can just be able to move forward and forget about this whole situation and uh, go from there so again thank you please keep in touch thank you all so much for a wonderful 2022 all the support for raw true stories of female infidelity and let's ponder as you know as i've mentioned before let's ponder is moving to its own podcast channel so please search it out and subscribe it'll be called let's ponder with rebecca adams and i will always remind you in case you're wondering you know after the new year where is it where is it well it's going to be on its own i'm still waiting um pending with apple podcasts i don't know what's happening there and the majority of my listeners of course are Apple listeners but thankfully there's a bunch of other platforms people are finding me so I have uploaded everything since I started Let's Ponder up to the new channel and so those are currently on there right now prior to that I did a midweek ponder and that was during COVID and I stopped that at let's see here it must have been well in 2020 And it started in January of 2021 with Let's Ponder instead of Midweek Ponder. So the Midweek Ponders will stay on Raw Truth. But moving forward, this will only be Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Still every other week at this point in time with the episodes. As I get busier, hopefully I'll be able to pick up more and do them weekly. Same with Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams every other week, etc. If I end up with a two-part episode on Raw Truth, It will be back-to-back episodes week-to-week so that you don't have to wait every other week. Kind of the new format I started doing earlier this year. Now, before I let you guys go, there are some changes here. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams. All of this is now coming under my own, I guess it's considered a network, but not really, Raw Truth Podcasts. I am in process of developing two more podcasts that I hope to start in 2023. And they may be just short series of them for a few weeks and then take a break and then do the other one. This one is called Why Me? I Was an Innocent Child. People are going to be able to share their stories of when they were sexually abused as a child. I was myself and I have joined some support groups and talking with women and men who were sexually abused or groomed or whatever they were and they are submitting their stories already so if you were in a situation you like my podcast and you trust me consider sending your story the format is different this is going to be an option for the people who want to submit their stories to share it themselves directly and by doing that they're just going to simply tell their stories and record it by using their phone because most of us have a recorder on our phone as an app and then just email it over to me it will get put on the podcast we will not use your name you can explain your story how you want or we can do it like raw truth where you submit it in writing and i will read it for you anonymous or with your first name it's up to you and then the second one that I'm in the works with of developing I'm sorry I'm tired at this point I've been recording for several hours and having to cut to edit yeah I'm tired (laughs) the second one is called raped simply that as I look at these support groups these women will come on here and say I got raped Saturday night well I was raped last month there's so much raping going on what in the hell I had no idea I mean I know that rape happens I know sexual child abuse happens or child sexual abuse but this is just horrible and these people feel ashamed and they're scared and I want to be there for them as well and I want to welcome them to share their story because a lot of them say, I haven't told anybody. I want to tell my story. Same format as the other one. They can tell it themselves with their voice or I can do it for them. And another thing that I will say, and I've said this to these people that I've been talking with about the um, sexual child abuse, uh, child abuse. The whole minor attracted person is Bullshit. And if you feel that that's appropriate, instead of saying a pedophile, then something's wrong. And I don't get political on here, but for crying out loud, that makes me mad. Say it for what it is. These predators and pedophiles to these young children, myself included, not some wacky guy who's, oh, I'm just attracted to children. No, you're fucked up and you need some severe help. This is... No joke. So if I offend you with saying pedophile or um, predator or groomer, then so be it. But I am not going to be politically correct when it comes to this type of abuse, because there's no tolerance for it whatsoever. Two of my best friends were severely molested as children, and their parents, one of them was by her dad, the other one was by the uncle. The one with the dad? The mom denied it for so long and would leave her daughter at home and go spend time with him once he was moved out. My other friend, who will be sharing her story, it was an uncle or a friend of the family. They knew about it. They did nothing about it. In fact, they forced her to invite him to her wedding. And she did not want him around. I mean, I just, you can probably feel the rage in my voice. And that is why I've come up with Raw Truth podcasts. You know what? This is raw truth. We're not going to sugarcoat it. This is what happens. This is why people cheat. Women cheat. This is the story of this little girl who was sexually abused or a little boy who was sexually abused or a man or a woman who was raped. There's no excuse for that they should be heard they should not be victims their whole lives but be able to stand up for themselves and say enough is enough so that is where we're headed those again are in development it may be later in 2023 i'm still deciding on how i want to format as far as they're not going to be in every week forever throughout the year like this one Uh, There's just not enough of me to be able to put in, but I want to put out something because I want to continue letting people know that there are people that give a shit, that care and support. So there you go. That is what I'm doing. (laughs) Again, thank you guys all so much for such a wonderful year. Keep the stories coming. I'm always accepting new stories for the women. You can email me if you have any questions, if you have a story you want to submit because you were an unfaithful wife, if you're the husband who was cheated on, and now if you've been raped or you were a a child of sexual abuse, shoot me an email and I can walk you through how we can get these stories ready for you for the show if you would like. In one week on November 27th will be our final episode of the year for Let's Ponder. And it's going to be feedback to stories, people's thoughts and feedbacks, as well as any missed um, Let's Ponder Let's Ponder topics that people got in after it was already released. And so I've got a couple of those. Uh, there's one about cuckold, I think um, cheesy pickup lines, and I think there was another one as well. So we will do that on the 27th. That will be the last let's ponder on the raw truth stories of female infidelity and then in january as we kick off the new year i'll actually be putting the same story on both let's ponder with rebecca adams and raw truth stories of female infidelity because they're both a taboo situation and it also is about female infidelity so i wanted it to be on both channels for both to hear so that'll be an exciting way to start off the new year all right you guys take care have a wonderful rest of the year We'll see you back here in 2023. Hey, don't stop now. I have bloopers at the end of this episode for you. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when they uncovered the truth. She got more angry than I'd ever seen her. How dare you even suggest that I could do that? And you deviant. I can't believe you'd actually think that. In retrospect, that should have confirmed to me what was going on. The last day of his stay nearby, she said she was going to a cake decorating shop near him. I asked if she was going to call by and say hi to him, but I got another angry response. Two days later, a parking fine arrived in the mail, which confirmed she'd been with him that day, nowhere near that cake shop. A week later, she said she wanted to go to the same cake decorating shop. I was driving, so I asked her to direct me. She says she didn't know where it was and looked it up on the satellite navigator. But you were there only a week ago. How can you not know where it is? No, I wasn't. I ended up going somewhere else. She certainly did. To hear bonus stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship and have early access to regular episodes ad-free, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, RawTruthStoriesOfFemaleInfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as $3 a month. Thank you for listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. There, you will find story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon, and an opportunity to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story, Share feedback about the show, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to Rebecca.RawTruth@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Each story is taken into careful consideration, read without judgment, and always anonymous. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is written, produced, and edited by me, Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. I can retrieve them from the people I've left with them for safekeeping. Shit! Not only does it give new inta, and after discovering, sco- after I discovered. Lingerie. 60, 60 pictures. Fuck. But as far as my credit card goes... My credit card. This is so hard for me to do, but I have to stop communicating. Communicating? Uh. Why was I so conflict... Con- well, huh? So we hadn't heard anything from my wife's... My wife. My- as for me, I don't know. There's not much to update. There's not much of an update. Shit. He was actually supposed to be out here this past weekend, but his boss... There is a hair on my microphone, and every time I talk it wiggles, and I'm afraid it's gonna smack me in the nose and make me... (laughs) I still wonder what the hell he is doing every time I think about it. What? Wait a minute, what? If I have a two-part episode for... Raw truth, comma, we, comma, what? I'm not texting this shit. Especially since now I was dating women 10 to sometimes 20 years younger. Ah, that was not what it So, I'm the mean one. The untrust. untwisted me. The original story was relatively easy to write out as there wasn't much too much introspection. Pfft. Too late, too little. I was mad at myself for allowing my sexual wants to make become sexual wants to make, be, to make me, me, me. The women I dated were more for mo, people's stories are always very so interesting. So very interesting. While in the bathroom, I went on Facebook to delete him as a friend because I knew lo, I wanted to get everything out there so I, Oh. Mm. No. But then you get better at pushing it away and not letting it. Oh, at the suggestion of my counselor to detoxify. Detoxify. But then you get better at pushing it away and not letting the negativity. Negativity. This is a long episode. I'm tired.